Welcome to The Word Podcast. I'm Seth Williams. And I'm Brendan Ward. And we're here to discuss all things local real estate, legal, title, market, and really anything else we can come up with. So stick with us on this journey as we talk about The Word. Aggressively. All right, Brendan, Brendan, kick us off. All right. Welcome to The Word. We have Amy Garnis from... (laughs) We have Amy Garnis from Garnis Law Office. Welcome, Amy. Thank you. So happy to be here. And we have Jackie Medeiros from Fidelity National Title Insurance Company. Hello. Is that right? Did I get it right? You did. You did. Good oh, job. I read Brandon. all the emails. <laughs> I got it right. Good agent. Yeah. So <laughs> welcome. And obviously Seth's here. Hey guys. I'm Hi. here. Yeah. Thanks, Brendan. Yeah. So what we like to do is start off with a little bit about background on you guys, like who you are, how you got to where you are, and how you got involved in this crazy business. So I guess we'll start with you, Jackie. Okay. Tell us a little bit about your background. How the hell did you end up hawking title policies <laughs> to lawyers? Give well, us the, give us the 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 uh, Sophia version. I actually did not grow up dreaming to be a title rep. Believe it or not. Shock. That's that's strange. <laughs> yeah, right? you say that. My mom is actually a realtor, and my dad's um, always had his own company. So when I was going to college, I knew there were two things that I would never do real estate or sales. So I was going to be, I was going to be a graphic and designer. And right? here we are. Here we are. And oh, um, that's why you're good at the TikToks. Right, right, right. Go back to that. Um, so I was one of those crazy kids that joined the Army National Guard to pay for college. And then. Thank you for your service. Oh, no, you're welcome. Um, so I, I went on. <laughs> Did you do anything? I'm just kidding. Well, I was an MP. I was like around. I was in the National Guard. And so I was I was a full-time college student. And then 9-11 awesome. happened. And I was on active duty for Crazy. two years. Where, where at? Um, just like stateside. I went to Fort Drum. I was at Logan Airport. Like kind of we were backfilling for other yeah, units sure, sure. when they would deploy. So I got off of active duty in 2002. And the market for graphic designers was like done. I, I thought, wow, that whole web design thing just isn't going to happen. It's like the dot-com bubble just happened. Right. It's like no, no one oh, had a Oh, what web- a shitty time. No one had a website then <laughs> or something. I don't know. Yeah, at the time I thought I would be um, a state police officer or a marshal or something. Ooh. I was definitely on that law enforcement track. Okay. Yeah. But in 2002, there was a state hiring freeze. So I called this placement office and, you know, they said, hey, we have this company, Fidelity. I found a placement agency and I called my dad and I said, I got a job at Fidelity Investments. <laughs> 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 so here we are. I mean. 20 years later. Wow. Wait, when did you figure out it wasn't Fidelity Investments? <laughs> I remember I, reading a brochure like, what is title insurance? It doesn't even make any sense. It kind of read about closings. Oh, no. <laughs> how did this happen? <laughs> That's kind of funny. That is funny. Like so in a roundabout how, way. How, how much time do you think went by before you realized you were working at a different company? <laughs> Probably a good six months. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. That's <laughs> the best. <laughs> and yeah. you've been at Fidelity s- since 2002. Yeah, since 2002, I started in the commercial division. I would help the underwriters on the big deals. Um, I would help the salespeople at the time with the nice attorneys like yourself. And then in 2006, my predecessor left her job, and I said, hey, I want to be a sales rep. Looks like a great gig. And here we are. Interesting. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Amy, what about you? How did you end up in this twisted game? <laughs> well, <clears throat> the long and short of it is I knew – I wanted to go to law school like a long time ago. I don't oh, know you if did? you had that. No. Yes. I so, didn't so, want to go to so law school. So did Brendan. What? Right. I'm just kidding. No, I didn't. I, oh. I wanted to get an MBA. Oh, And then so. I got talked out of it. 
Oh, Brendan that was, was terrible Brendan was, advice. I know. <laughs> was every day. I hope you You don't. were forced to go to law school. A little. My, my parents were very uh, Oh, the pushy. MBA was the way to go. <laughs> I wish someone talked me out of it. <laughs> I say that every day. <laughs> right. Um, I think you guys are like half serious, but also half kidding. You're oh, I'm like hundred <laughs> percent. I've been out of law school since 2004. If I showed you what I still owed, you'd all throw up Stop, right on really? this table. Really? Still, huh? Oh, you gross. haven't made the turn I, yet. I think I think I can understand. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah. It's gross. Yeah, it's too expensive. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to consult on uh, the Quan Lieber legal fees. I've been coaching Brendan to charge more money recently. He charges too much money. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Mindset is everything. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I thought we were friends. I mean, I just... I know. I, I have to charge more. I regret more. this invitation already. Inflation. <laughs> just wait. Inflation. Right. Plot plans went up. Why can't attorney fees? That's correct. Mm. Well, we're going to get into that because one of the things Jackie talks about a lot is the quality of your closing attorney, right? So, oh, I'm like, big on that. There's a flight to quality with bad titles. We'll get there, but we're still we're still Sorry. on the, the whole, oh, like, right, how, I got yeah, how you got what was, here. What was your name again? <laughs> I'm not sure. Because in kindergarten you wrote, I want to go to law school. No, so you're like, I'm doing it. But I was in like it. high school, okay. I realized. Because I took like a government class and it was the only class I wasn't like struggle city mm. because I was an adult diagnosed dyslexic. Mm. Never knew why I struggled. Oh, really? Now I know. Don't be nervous. I deal with millions of dollars a day. Yeah. Sometimes what could go wrong? Point what could go wrong? Isn't in the right place, but I work it out. Checks and balances. It's fine. It's, it's all fine. fine. You have people in the office to help with. <laughs> right. I'm always like, stuff. this isn't balancing. Can someone else look? My brain is... Well, you know. that's, that's, <laughs> thank you, off, software. Off, <laughs> Offline, we'll talk about a long escrow battle Brendan and I had <laughs> recently that... Sounds something like that conversation. It was borderline miserable. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was miserable as of today. Uh-oh. Well, it's over now. Oh, well, sort of. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we're talking about the same thing. Oh, but we are. <laughs> we are. I oh. was on the phone with the bank getting, you know, oh. checks, st- cashier's checks stopped and reissued. Oh, and no. That's yeah. great. Oh, that's yeah. always a good for, time. Yeah. For like, for like 90 days, I was like, I don't want to hold escrow anymore. Will you hold it? And he was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> the answer to that. Brendan's no all day long. <laughs> Say unless you're splitting your commission with me, Seth. Yeah. Go find someone else to hold you'll, your escrow. You'll be. Oh, we were going to get a hundred dollars a file. <laughs> we was. We were really. Uh, listen, it uh, seemed good in is, theory. This is not Seth's feedback session, <laughs> right? But we'll, let's just all mutually agree it was a top five worst fucking idea ever. Yeah. Anywho, so. So high school, government. Love law. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> Love the Dyslexia. law. I, then I moved to New York City after college. I was pre-law, college. Like real New York City? Real. Worked right downtown Manhattan at a big firm. I did corporate law and I Ooh. loved it. Really? Oh my God. I loved it. I was like, you know. Which part? Living in New York or the corporate law? Both. Both. Crushed right. it. I would like wait at the bar for my um, direct deposit to come in so I could <laughs> buy more drinks <laughs> after midnight. <laughs> Right? I mean, that was living the life. Oh, yeah. And then at the time, I could fit into Kids Gap, and it was right on the corner <laughs> of Broadway. And I would go, and they'd have the steamer. They'd know I was out all night. Yeah. Couldn't tell my bosses. And they would steam the clothes for me. To the put Gap on. was open at 8 a.m.? Yes. They I would. Thought. No, they were in there setting up, and they would Hold just on. let me <laughs> come in. So yeah. you would just be out yes. hitting it hard all night. All night. And you would go to Kids Gap? Kids Gap was cheaper. To steam, <laughs> steam your work clothes? No, I would buy them. Oh. They would be new clothes. 
Oh, this is so much less funny than I thought. It's still still pretty good. I I thought you would go there and like swap outfits. Be like, can you guys steam this for me? I have to go to work in an hour. Nope, nope. Go get a Starbucks. I mean, that wasn't every day, but it happened a couple times. I I feel like I've been living in the dark, not (laughs) knowing this. Yeah, I haven't fit in the kids' gap since I was six. (laughs) Same, same. Now I just now I just rock hoodies. It's all good. Yes, same. No, they didn't even recognize me because I didn't have gym clothes on. This is a true story. Yes. <laughs> it was like buttons. It's a po- it's a podcast. <laughs> I know. Um, and then I went to come back, came back to Boston, and went to law school. And knew I never want. I like interned for criminal lawyers, and I tried all that stuff, and I hated court. Um, really hated it. Well. Hated it. Uh, and I knew I just wanted to push papers. And I got out of law school in two thousand four when they mm. were giving mortgages to people with pulses. Well, that's on some fun. some people the without them. Days. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, hey, do you breathe? <laughs> Let me give you a second loan for your first mortgage for a down payment." I literally thought that was just normal <laughs> for years. Right. And right. how you got a mortgage? I was yeah. like, "Oh, you only need to put fifty bucks down with your PNS. <laughs> no, right. no this no is income. the greatest thing ever. <laughs> no assets. You're like, no I nothing. bought six houses. No You're right. This is. I literally sat in a room of a firm in Boston, and it was one. Closing after another, and I just sat there with two loans. Close loans. All day long. All day long. Close loans, days. cash checks. Did yep. you negotiate PNSs too back then? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Wow. I didn't write such colorful comments as I do now. Oh, I like, love it when you blind CC me. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't be a douche. Yeah. One time I BCC'd Brendan and wrote to the attorney, hey, so-and-so, I know we've never met, but I'm just going to guess. You're about five foot tall. <laughs> you did not so, do Yes, that. I did. Yes, I did. And then Brendan calls me and goes, he is. He yes, is. And I was like, amazing. Mm-hmm. I was like. Let me just oh guess. My God. You are oh, Amy's such the best. A douchebag. <laughs> I never had those kind of balls before, but now I'm like, whatever. I've been doing this for too long. Mm. We talk about that a lot. Like you're, you're, you really become intolerant to certain behavior, and like yes. the snippiness, for lack of a better word, just like it just boils. for no reason. Ian, like we're all doing the same thing, man. You don't have to make this more difficult than it is. It's so not. True. Well, <laughs> I, I actually said daily. I, I think I actually make things more difficult often than they need to be, but it's, usually it works out. It's out of complete frustration of incompetence of others in the industry. Yeah. And so, like, there's few things that make me boil over more than someone who has no clue what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And I just become a raging dickhead. Unless they tell me up front. I'm a raging hey. dickhead. Yes. No, <laughs> hey, happens? I'm new. I've had attorneys say, like, working under someone. I'm brand new. Mm. And then I'm nice. I'm like, you shouldn't oh. let me do this. But I'm going to anyway. <laughs> I'm going to make this change. So when you see it, you shouldn't let it happen. <laughs> So then you're nice. I'm Do nice you put that people. in the same email or you say it offline? Offline. I don't oh, want them to yeah. look like idiots. I yeah. want them to look like superstars. Oh, that's so good of you. Yes. <laughs> you have such a big heart. I think I say it online a it, lot. That might be a problem. Yeah. So when did I meet you, Amy? I met you in Peabody. Yes. Right? So when mm. did you? That was probably like 2009, 8. It was like tough times. Jackie, what year? I was like, shoot, I don't know the answer. Actually, Amy and I did prenatal yoga together. And I remember that like totally randomly. We were both very, very pregnant. Our daughters are the same. So Aubrey's the same age as the twins. (laughs) They're not twins. They're not twins? twins? I thought you were twins. Irish twins. What the fuck? No, they're 20 months apart. They are? Yeah. 
I thought they were twins. No. Oh, that's less interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Right. They're seven and nine. Oh, yeah, I thought you were like one and done. No. Oh. No. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm about to have number two next month. Hey, congratulations. It's so easy. That was, was you're being facetious, I think, right? A little. A little bit. How the eye roll the first gave one? it away. She is three and a half. Oh, all right. She'll be helpful, actually. That's not. She's a very bad. helpful right yeah. now. Yeah. I like to trick her into like bringing me my shoes right, right now. Yep. She's like, okay, Dad, no problem. Right. That's good. Thanks, honey. I just remember loving five. Like, I just remember five. We went and we had lunch. We sat down. She wasn't throwing food. Five. I'm yeah. here for that. She's, she's could go to the bathroom. She's on her great own. and sold. Yeah, yeah. she's been huge. She's been potty trained for a long time now, oh. which is actually great. Yeah. That is good. Um, Girls are easier she, than boys, right? She, she also In everything. different parts, I guess. Aside from <laughs> different phases. <laughs> she, she also uh, the tent. Hit, hit me in the face with a lollipop this morning because I wouldn't let her eat a giant chocolate lollipop at seven o one in the morning. Mm. I mean, How big was the lollipop? Well, the size of your fist. Oh shit! Okay, so I feel like maybe let's I don't know eat something else first. Yeah, just something first, like lick an apple, eat the lollipop. Right, that's how I plan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mm. say conference calls. Right. <laughs> right? Like, whatever it takes. <laughs> Go somewhere else. What I thought would be interesting is because you two are both in the title world. And, you know, it's sort of this crazy thing that I feel like not everybody understands, right? So true. And Jackie, you especially are so out there on social media and just everywhere talking about the importance of title, the importance of having good lawyers, reviewing titles, um, all that stuff. So, so tell us a little bit about what you're preaching on the, on the socials. Backtrack, maybe six or seven years ago, I started networking with realtors and lenders, like really Why? That seems crazy for a title rep. <laughs> well, historically, we always market to your clients, right? Like the attorney brings people to the title company and we all do stuff together. Um, but Maybe six or seven years ago, I realized things were changing. I needed to start making new friends. Like, you just kind of ran into the same people over and over. So I started going to the realtor groups and really just meeting new people. And the thing that I really have realized is that realtors and lenders have no idea what it is that you clothing attorneys are doing for them at all when it comes to title. So the or problem, else. <laughs> <laughs> right? But it's true. It's because we are terrible at explaining it. I mean, I'm a title rep, and, and in fact, the American Land Title Association has done this whole spread about is that title Alta? People. Alta, right? Oh, that's but a Alta, real right? Name. good that's job, B. Good job. That yeah. is pretty good. That should have had a unicorn. Uh, oh, lower, yeah. lower right hand corner. Come on, Seth. Yep. Yeah, good job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I was texting my clients. So. <laughs> I forgot to do something. It's yeah. pretty time sensitive. So. <laughs> Sorry, we didn't accept that offer and it expired. Right. So, someone oh. also just uh, asked me if uh, <laughs> I had an offer deadline. Yes, I'm sorry just to interrupt rudely all oh. of you guys. We had a listing in Lynn that received. We had over 180 people at this property. In, really? In three days How of open offers? houses. Oh. Just uh, get to the real 13 numbers. Offers. 13 offers. All but one, significantly over asking. And someone just said, after it's marked under agreement. Love this. You know, yeah. Hey, good afternoon. Is the owner still accepting offers? He submitted his W-2s today to get pre-approved. Just right back. Nope. Find another career. <laughs> 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 Maybe make the buzzer noise uh, like, yeah. wrong. This, this agent also, Number. this is a real story, by the way, also accidentally called a lender. 
whose collateral was at the open house and left them a voicemail saying that their client was interested and had some questions about the property. Like she thought the lender was the realtor. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And he, so that's your reply, Seth. He sent. He sent me. I'm like, <laughs> I should reach out to so and so. I should. I should pretend I'm the lender now. <laughs> I think you have me no, confused. No, I think you write. Find a new career. <laughs> that's Period. Come back to that. That's it. That's what it needs to be. You, How tall you are you? You don't get <laughs> it. Find a career. Right. Are you short. P.S. You don't get it. <sighs> wow. I'm just gonna mm. say nope. I think mm. just a quick rant. Quick rant. The, I love a the rant. ability. You guys are talking about school of degrees, all the stuff to be an attorney. Like, well, I got kicked out of college. Fun story. Tune into another episode of The Word to, to find out how that <laughs> happened. But um, it's a good one. At the, at the end of the day, the barrier of entry is so low in this business. And, you know, I think it's something like 80,000 agents in Massachusetts uh, right now. About 55,000 of them won't sell a house this year. And a very small percentage will sell more than two homes. So the lack of experience is a pandemic in and of itself in this industry. I agree. Wholeheartedly. It's, it's, it's really, really bad. Well, there's so and many people that haven't seen a down market. I mean, we've had a nice true. run for eight, I'm nine looking, years. I'm looking forward to the flush out, which I think is already happening. Thin the herd, baby. No I think it's going to happen with lenders, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's already, it's already has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a ton of baby boomers in this industry that they do a lot of business, and they had business to do, you know? So things are getting tough now. You would get out. If you were nearing retirement, you would get out. What's weird is uh, almost none of them ever retire. They all just keep their license active and keep going because it just yeah. falls in their lap. Like, are you going to say no if you're still active and and right. listen? I don't able to do it. I I love what I do. Yeah, I'm not trying to show houses when I'm 70 years old, man. Never say never. <laughs> all right, Seth. we'll see. We'll you see. can live on your boat, Seth. <laughs> 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 So many different options. Never know. Right. I feel like it's just going to be one of those podcasts. <laughs> it, it might be. It might be. Can I, is there another good button? There you go. See? Just that whole side seems I need to, to be good. We I, need to label them. I need to label Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. We, we have all the good things. So, Jackie, you were talking about title and title insurance and how oh, you started talking. networking. Yes. Yeah, and yeah, how we you looked at something. it differently. Right, you know, so, so once you, I started meeting realtors and lenders kind of on my own without you attorneys, I started to get to know them better, and I just realized they actually care so much about every other aspect of a real estate closing, and they care about protecting their clients. But then when I see the attorneys they pick, they continuously pick the people that's the cheapest, that's mm. the fastest. And, and the that's, cheapest. It's always the cheapest. And the problem is, is that by sing comparison. It. Sing it, sister. All right, sing the it. good lawyers, they're having a hard time because of the bad lawyers. It's the people that are not treating this like the practice of law that are going to destroy our industry if we let them. You know, so I think that's. Hot take. Social media, I think that is our platform to start to teach them why it matters, why they shouldn't be picking the cheapest attorney, why you want someone reviewing your purchase and sale contracts, watching out for your taxes. Like if we don't tell them, they won't ever know. And they're going to put us out of business, frankly. So what you're saying is I need a TikTok. Oh, 100%. Jackie will teach you how to I'm do available. the TikToks. I almost had, when I taught the MBA class, they almost, they wanted to do one. That was going to be like their class project. Were you? All. You were going to be the class project? Yeah. And I was like, no, they're like, come on, it'll be so fun. I'm like, it sounds awful. But that was their idea. You need to step up your social game. I have none. Well, well then there's a very low bar to get better. Right. Yeah. Right. Like mm -hmm. just having any is better. Well, here's the thing. I have this whole 
so when the real estate market crashed, I was 24 years old, right? So back in 2006, I had tons of friends that were in real estate. They all got out. I was like the last man standing. And <laughs> I was still like the youngest person everywhere I went until about two or three years ago, right? So I'm 41. These new people are 30, younger. So there's going to be this generational gap that I see, right? Where they're not going to have the prior generation in any field. In realtor, the yeah. realtors, the lenders, they're going to miss that knowledge from the prior generation. So that's kind of what's coming our way. Yeah. How do we fill that up? So do you find the content that you're creating, like who's the true target audience for it then? Um, my social media is really for real estate professionals, sure. lenders, attorneys, realtors. Um, so I guess my pillars would be title insurance, sales and marketing. Yeah. Um, and what about yours, Amy? <laughs> I don't post even personally. Oh. Ever. Why? I don't know. I'm not a big social media person. Oh. I don't even do marketing. You know, you'll be like, oh. Do you have those koozies? I love your koozies. Oh, nice I for bringing have a box for us. of 200. <laughs> I have one in the car. I'll give it to you. I have great pens, too. Oh, yeah. I love pens. Where are the pens? Are they blue? Yes, of course. You have to sign in blue. Uh, I, yeah. I love that. All lawyers love blue pens. I only like blue pens. Yes. Even though they're scan what? signatures and they're all black, I they have, have to be blue. I have like a no wire hangers moment if I see a black pen. Like I lose oh, yeah. my shit. And I'm like, where did this come from? Yeah. Do they have like a class about that in law school actually? No, the lenders pen. say must sign in blue ink in big bold letters on oh. the closing instructions. Oh, read those. Brendan oh, I didn't never. read those. No. <laughs> Brendan's like, now closing instructions are big. Bold letters must sign in blue ink. One one time, Brendan uh, and one of my clients were like heckling each other about the color of pens. Do you remember this? Yeah. And as a joke afterward, it was like a very good conversation. I don't know why it was so funny, but I must have I must have missed it. I was doing something else apparently at the closing table, and so and so Brendan seems like your mo, Seth. Yeah. <laughs> I'm perpetually distracted. So, um, Brendan just FedExed him like a giant box of blue pens. I did. It was That's like a four good. day four yeah. day delay joke. It was That's pretty cute. good. Yeah. He thought he thought it was pretty funny. It I doesn't sound that. as funny. <laughs> it was it was pretty funny. They so the reason I use the blue pens is if you've ever had to sit there and like hold yes, a piece of paper right, up to exactly. light to be like, is it an original? Is it right, not? Like copies which one are is it? so good now you can't right. tell. So like especially on the estate planning side, like right. it, uh, it just drives me wild when you're like, uh, is it like is there an indent? And then the court sends it back and they're like, this isn't an original. Right. No question if it's They blue. have like a yeah. monkey in the basement that tells them. In Madison, Wisconsin. <laughs> Madison, Wisconsin is where the trolls are. So every time, yes. like, don't you love the emails 30 days after closing when the, you know, post-closing people are looking at the packages and they're like, you missed the, you know, initials next to the line on the two-person <laughs> application on the right. 1031. It doesn't sound like Amy screws up her closing. <laughs> oh, I bet, she, I bet she misses a date here and there. You never get those follow-up emails? <laughs> I, I every once in a while. I will say Amy's like on I, it. She is I've on it. All over that. Like strictly for rice. 19 years. Yeah. Like I've just been like, this Amy, is the you initial. Wanna, you want a seller rep? <laughs> I told you earlier to give the seller rep to Amy. We'll toss you a deal. After yes. This. Perfect. There you go. Brendan's the buyer attorney. Yes. But I can't I, wait to negotiate the PNS. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a good time. I like your PNS. Yes. <laughs> I put we in made some nice. updates. Do you want me to send you the updated version? Send well, her a PDF that you oh, Okay, too. we should get together and we should yeah. fix it. What if it's the same PNS? It is. Oh, nice. I dare you to send her a and markup, then who we like got a PDF from, markup. Yeah. Who we yeah. stole it from called me on the phone and said, "How am I not getting a kickback from this?" Oh, he asked Ooh. us for one too. And I yeah. said, "Who was it?" 
Blah, we'll blah, tell you blah. offline. No, we're kickbacks. not giving you a kickback. There were typos we all had to fix, and he was like, <laughs> "Amy, screw you!" I was like, "Well, I mean, come on." I mean, the references are bad. We like, all laughed. Yeah. yeah, it was good. It was good. But it's mostly good because I like when I I send it to him. Like, look what I did. Just for fun. <laughs> My favorite is when his minion rips it apart. Oh, it's so good. He sends it back to it with edits every time. Mm. Drives Dan and I crazy. We're like, it's your PNS, and you're gonna keep adding mm-hmm. it. So, so we actually just had a group workshop where we took our PNS and we basically tried to say, what is everybody else going to try to change that we're okay with just to avoid that step so in the good. process? So we just went and like narrowed it down a little and, and tweaked it so that, you know, it doesn't need to say may instead of shall. Like it should just say shall. Everybody's going to cross oh, it out on the paying facts. off of the mortgage. Like stupid little stuff that like mm. gets changed every time it was like. So you should send that to me and then I'll send it back. Yeah. All right, will do. Done. Done. <laughs> you guys might have an opportunity to do that here coming up. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk about, can we talk about title problems? Yeah. All right, I have, can I tell a story? Yeah, you can do anything you want. Let's it's our podcast. Let's see can solve it unless you already have. I don't know. Uh, I oh, probably it's, haven't. It's Whoa. been solved. This is an age-old story <laughs> from, old, from old. the dawn of time. Oh, oh wow, that's time. a real opening. No, so opening. like, I feel like I've I've been involved in a bunch of fairly complex but not really complex title issues right we we just got over one that's more of like heirs were screwed up 60 years ago that's like a real title problem that is a real title problem one of the most common claims makers mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. unfortunately Facts. these people so if you don't have owners yeah they were screwed so mm. they paid a ton of money to to solve it right so not something like that that actually i think takes some time to get fixed but uh i, I find the most common stuff that i see comes up towards the end of transactions is always like improperly discharged mortgages. Now that bank's out of business. And we have like, that one right now. You know, it's, it's, it's very common once a week. Yeah. Very common. And, and I would say at least my personal experience, 85, 90% of the time it gets solved 10 to 14 days ish because the bank's still open. But in the instance, if the bank is still open. Right. right. So when the bank is open, they're very easy to solve. Yes. When the bank is closed disaster. Yep. Right. And so in, in your opinion, if there's kind of, and I don't really understand how this happens. It's probably to Jackie's point, like it was somebody shitty in the, pre, in the previous life reviewing the title and, and missed this improperly discharged. Especially 100%. when it was hot and heavy in the 2004 right. in that yep. when they were giving mortgages in the appraisals and that whole thing, they were just closing loans. Oh, closing over problems. And stuffing Everything. the discharges in a drawer. And literally, yeah. that's my favorite folder. <laughs> you know, title, discharges. title insurance. What did I say? My favorite folder is oh. called Discharge. Do you have one? Yes, hopefully it's empty. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> so uh, the, the transaction I was involved in, I was representing the oh, seller. Sucked. These these, pers- these people bought th- you know three or four years ago. They were selling, moving cross country and uh, improperly discharged mortgage um, or a missing discharge, banks closed, can't find or get anybody. Unfortunately, it wasn't a transaction Brendan and I were on, so... There was definitely some miscommunication going on from the buyer. I'm uh, sorry, the seller's agent being myself and the attorney, somebody I've never worked with, you know, a little bit older, a little bit more non-communicative, <laughs> um, a little bit more ego-driven, in my opinion, where, you know, I was like so low on the totem pole to this person. I can't wait to, this to hear this name. I'd have to, I'd have to look it up. <laughs> Offline. I'd have to look oh, it up, yeah. to be honest with you. So I can't even remember. I, I, it's actually like one of those trauma moments yeah. that I've burned the entire scenario out of my brain. And... um 
yeah, the buyer got advice from their lender, attorney, and agent to not close. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, which is fine. It, it happened, I don't know, 72 hours before the scheduled closing. We found this out. Because, Which seems because they, they didn't re- get their title back wait, until seventy-two hours before story. closing. Wait, that, that's wait, a problem but they can't too. Close right because the they don't have marketable title lenders. So, so no, they would suppose with an exception. No, that's a lie. And indemnify and undertake. Uh, oh well, that's a different who's story. Not which even know which that. I, <laughs> wait, who's it's doing the that? reason I know it. Right. Okay. Um, okay. And I was like, I don't understand what the fuck is happening. So right? so title insurance one was going to do an undertaking indemnification to title two. The lenders council said, don't do it. Don't buy it with the indemnification and undertaking. Right. Probably. Wait, I can't even believe any title insurance company would do that. On an undischarged or, or it was probably was an assignment problem. Well, I I mean, they had owner's title an equity line. It was an assignment problem with a, with a, with owner's title. So what ended up ultimately happening is, uh, I mean, closing was delayed for geez, almost 40 days as we tried to chase, you know, pull this thread. And, uh, I mean, it's super frustrating for my seller who literally like packed up their house. We essentially did the final walkthrough like two days before closing. And she moved to California to buy a house, which obviously I was not handling, uh, just complete emotional disaster for the seller. Right. And the fact that it came up a so late was super frustrating. The fact that no one really would communicate of what's going on, right. Where we are in the process was, was really frustrating. And uh, so, I, I don't know. Talk to me a little bit about how shit like that happens and what would be your recommended solve. Is, is there one or you just have to wait around for the rest of time until it gets solved? There's because a magic man, and I'm not joking. There is a magic man <laughs> there in Florida, is right? There is. The guy in Florida? Can I just He's have his email? Oh, yes, there's a magic sure guy can. in Florida. That can his name is Kurt, and he is Kurt. Magic. He, he has this get, little black book. I'm convinced that he got in like 2009 oh, let where me he tell wrote you. down all yes. the banks as they were going out of He'll business. He'll be like, this is going to take me three weeks and cost you $450. And it's like, Kurt, I'll give you my right arm. <laughs> and he gets it to me then like yeah. in the blink of an eye. He has the contacts. He decided years ago when this was an issue, he's yeah. an attorney. He was a title guy. He said, I'm going to make a living out of this. And he has the contacts at the bank to call. Wow. So I tell clients, I'll do this. You're not going to close with me doing it. I don't have the contacts. It's going to take right. me three weeks, four weeks to do it. Or you pony up. I ask Court, hey, what's this going to cost? And he goes, the worst kind. That'll be. <laughs> but he never has actually charged over 450 bucks, which in the speed he gets it, in the closing can go off. Wow. It he is, could do, you know, he could charge whatever he wanted. Totally sure, whatever fine. he wanted. Sure. I mean, quite for, yeah. I mean, this, is, this client would have paid. Right, that's Two, what I'm three, saying. Four, so whoever now. the, so where are the scenarios that Kurt fixes? Un, Mis- un anything the anything. assignments, the so, discharges. Those okay. he is like the, the master, wow. the okay. master. Because we just had one. We have one right now. We have two problems right now. One is the bank went out of business. He's can't got it. find the assignment. The second one. Well, is, there's a website for that. Well, yeah, we we tried. Okay. Finally, we found it. So that one was is less of a problem, but it held it up for like a week. We also have one where they're trying to sell and they haven't paid the mortgage in like six years and they don't know they they don't know who holds the mortgage and they've never gotten a bill and no one can find the company that has the mortgage. Wow. Yeah. That's so fun when they're like, I don't know why this is taking so long. I'm like, for some reason I can't get your payoff. 
Oh, we also had we haven't paid in three years. I'm like, (laughs) well, you asshats. Clearly, the one eight hundred number I call isn't going to work for you. Not even a little. I mean, it is what it is now. But if you think back, like remember when Lehman Brothers went down? Yeah, running away. You know, that those are crazy times in real estate. They were crazy. Banks. That's what I'm saying. Then they would go bankrupt the next day. They would resend wires. I got a loan on a Wednesday. I went through a mortgage company, a no-doc loan. I wrote, I printed out um, from the BBO website that I was a lawyer, and I wrote a salary down. (laughs) Done. I'm not joking. In 2008, I closed on a Wednesday. That bank got raided on Friday. Shut down. Were you recorded and funded? Yes. Oh, good. I still live there. (laughs) Oh, it was for your current house. Oh, I love it. Good move, Amy. (laughs) Yeah. You weren't in that subprime tranche. Right, no. I did the right thing. Yeah. Oh my God! My I that? think my interest rate was nine percent. Oh. oh, wow! And people are complaining today about six and a quarter. Please. Right. I remember. I was so proud of myself. What I was your first eight. mortgage rate? I, I was a little over seven, and I remember thinking, "I got under an eight percent. I'm awesome." I was so proud. I think you need to do a TikTok on that. I think I should. Yeah. Actually, I probably should. Yeah, it's you good. probably should. should. Bring this a, down. It's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. So, what yeah. are some what are some other more common elementary issues you guys run into that cloud title? Can I? Just intercede for a minute. Yeah. I think we should yeah. talk about what title is, right? Yes. Yeah. So oh, we'll give it See, to them. Let's this, is why, this is why we need you, Jackie. Okay, so. Ready? It's Jackie. Yeah. Oh, the title. The title princess. <laughs> Proceed. Oh, thank you. I would prefer queen, but okay. Okay, the title queen. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, so, every piece of property has a history, right? That is what we call the title. So, in Massachusetts, real estate closings are considered the practice of law. So when you originate a Praise loan, Jesus. you need to go to a <laughs> closing attorney. And what they do is they basically tell the story of that property that you're talking about, right? They're going to go through, make sure everyone deeded it correctly. Everything was paid off. They're going to make sure that you don't buy a problem. And then you are going to buy an owner's title insurance policy for you and a lender's title insurance policy for the bank. Hopefully that's through us at Fidelity. And that is title insurance. And what does title insurance cover? Can you tell us the difference between owners and lenders? <laughs> well, okay, so right. So lenders title insurance only covers the lender, right? It only insures the lender. So a lender will only they won't even issue they won't lend a single dollar without having an insurance company protect their interests. But then the owner's title insurance policy is told as optional. Um, so unfortunately, post-trade, <laughs> post-trade, the problem is that now we have lenders explaining lenders, ty- I mean, I'm sorry, owners Don't even get insurance. me, oh, don't even get me started well, on that part. before trade, you did the closing, you did the numbers, oh, the numbers. you, you had HUD. control. What now it's do? like, yeah, you get a loan, you fill out that loan estimate, everything's locked in. So well, now the lenders want to negotiate our fees. They want to negotiate exactly. the, the title policy fees. Tell the lent, the borrowers they don't need it. See, that's the thing. And I, yeah. you know, I was having coffee with like a twenty-eight-year-old loan officer, and all he cared about was that magic number, right? So on right. The, the closing disclosure we use now, the whole form is about disclosing accurately what you're actually spending money on. But yet, with the title charges, they want these attorneys to kind of have this magic number that works for every file. Right. That incorporates their out-of-pocket expenses, their title. And as the years go on, the problem is that these newer loan officers are not going to know where, how far we've come from like actually being able to reflect what and you're And some of those fees haven't changed ever. Ever. Oh my ever. God. I have the same settlement fee. Yeah. From how, for how long? Why? Because exactly lenders. Right. 
Because lenders. Because you have an actual fear, if you're a solo like I am, that they're going to send it somewhere else. So I'm going to keep my fee at 650 because what if they send it somewhere else? Like, it's better to have the file than not have the order. So are you talking more specifically about when a lender Sends- ha- has an unrepresented, you know, like a, an agent or a lender? Or are you talking more yeah. from like a refi standpoint? Either. In fact, I have the same fee. Well, the thing, you know, what's really For refi and a purchase? Yeah. One's more work. Do you charge a buyer right. rep fee? I don't. Is that insane? Write yes. that down, Amy. Yeah. Write I know all about it. My yeah. last place was hounding me for the buyer rep fee. Do a buyer rep fee. I just, I think a lot of firms need to, this isn't directed at you guys to be clear, but. It can be. But no, uh, look, there's a lot it. of firms. Yeah. They have to decide. Are they a volume shop or are they a boutique customer service shop? Right. Well, and that's the thing now with the lending industry kind of squeezing the title industry, there really isn't middle ground like there used to be. You either can do a couple and do a lot of other things like, you know, like estate planning like Brendan does, or you have to staff up and do a lot of closings, you know? So, so I'm not saying all the title company models are bad at all. I'm not, that's not the case, but yeah. you, you talk want to people that are paying different attention. People who are looking at your one file. Well, Seth, you can And that's scale. how things right. slip through the cracks. So in the big companies that don't charge anything, you literally in one purchase probably talk to six to seven different departments. Sure. Right? At like a lending company no, no at the at, law firm at the law at the firm, firm. Oh. at a big shop okay and there's that a person that opens the file yes. then that gets transferred to the person that yeah. orders the title then it gets transferred yep. to the person that orders the mlc then it gets trans like it just keeps going going, going on going. a conveyor belt to like different people and that's how we get on these email changes with 38 people before right. correct yeah. yeah love those there's like two types of title agents when i talk about a real estate attorney i'm calling them a title agent i see the conveyancers that's kind of that historic old school, old school, really focused on the practice of law. And then I see the title companies and those are the ones that are really scaling. They have a lot of people and some are great and some are not great. More like a Dalton Feingold. Is that what yeah, you're, is that what I you're mean, saying? I mean, sure. When I think you they say do a good title job. company. No, they're more, they do like a large firm. They're a firm. Say. They do land use and zoning. They do estate planning right. more like a Chris, right? Or, uh, yeah. um, right. Just sold. What? Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I heard that they got bought Big up by money? a hedge fund. Yeah. <sighs> but he sold to a hedge fund. We'll wrap your mind around that for Which a is so How, strange. Which you can't I thought you do couldn't do. Non-lawyer, yeah. He must be headquartered in Arizona. Well. The only state where you can sell a law firm to maybe he sold a the non-lawyer. Title company. He must have sold the title company. And he's just going to act like the head. Oh, that's so good. But yes. those offices and, and I know. specifically. Dream. That's a dream. It's so hard because they see a good attorney really representing their clients in the interest of the lender as opposed to maybe one of those firms that's not doing a good job. Then how does it look to the realtor? It looks yeah. like the one who's calling out title problems is a pain in the butt. Right. It looks like the one actually doing right. their job is a pain. They're slowing But just to be down. clear, there are good people at all of these, right? Totally like there are really good lawyers that are also that at some of the title companies. That terrible right. email address. Yeah. <laughs> It's more their back office. AOL? <laughs> yes. Is that what you're talking about? Oh, that's <laughs> no, a whole other. That's you you just know that. it's a shit show I when you see that. at AOL. You're yeah. like, this is going to be a horrible transaction. Oh, my God. So many of my producers still use an AOL account. Oh, boy. <laughs> it is what it is. I mean, Eek. Hey, yeah. you can they're the ones that are going to fax you handwritten notes on your PNS. And they do. Yeah. I like when I get them left on the voicemail. <laughs> no, do you, you know that? You know <laughs> that? Honest to God. And I called and I was like, hey whatever his name was. Um, I'm not your secretary, so maybe you should dictate that to her because <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Like, I can just picture his old ass sitting at his desk 
I do still see attorneys like having their their girls with the dictaphone tapes. That Can you like, imagine? Stop! It? There oh was my God! Stop. Do you remember we we were on a transaction this past summer where it was like the financing contingency was due at like five o'clock, you know, whatever. Yeah. On, on a on a Tuesday. Yeah. And Brendan <laughs> called me at like five fifty, and I was like, "Hey, we're like we're good, right?" They, oh yeah. They didn't ask for an extension. And he was like, oh, no, they did. And I go, oh, I, I didn't see it come across on the email chain. He goes, yeah, I found it in the fax machine. <laughs> oh, no. The oh, fax it says machine? fax right in the PNS. Yeah. Yeah. This is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. That people are faxing? Yeah. I and mean, wait, it's also unacceptable that you have a fax machine. No, we, we, it was like, it's an email. <laughs> wait, it's, an we, email. it's an email. Right, we, okay. we have emails. We do have typewriters. Right, of Yes, you need those. Sometimes. We have typewriters, but we don't have a fax machine. He said, it's, he, it's he, said he, he said he faxed it to me. I will I have go, you sorry. guys know the fax machine, a Fidelity National title. It's going. It's cranking all, all day long. All day, title orders coming in. Well, now with wire oh, fraud, I feel like it's kind of coming back. Wire fraud's the best thing that ever What's happened. What's wire fraud? The fax. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that insurable? <laughs> uh, unlikely. No. So, so what does it mean when the title's screwed up, right? So you get an issue in the title, and then there's all this like, it's it's insurable, but it's not, you know, marketable. Like, walk us through, like, okay, so when they said, oh, we'll undertake and uh, indemnify, like, what the F does that actually mean? Nothing. And, 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 <laughs> why, and why should a buyer or seller move forward or not? Sometimes with the um, indemnification is if they'll take it on and get it, that's different. But if they're just saying, cool, cool, just close, that's a pain because it's going to come up again when they sell it. Sure. So those are like the nuances that you want to make sure are figured out. Sometimes they'll do it if it's like in the mail or on its way. And that stuff you get, right? Yeah, no problem. Close with this. No big deal. I'll make sure it's settled. But those are more like, like I like to call fake title problems. Like the curative stuff. That's curative like stuff. Real. Easy stuff. No one's going to yeah. write over anything that's real. Right. You hope. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I like to have a couple of people on speed dial just in case. I see the word foreclosure. I just saw it, and I was like, Ugh. I know this is clean because I know the firm who did it. Yeah. Um, and it was a flipper, and it was the city of Beverly who foreclosed, and yeah. I can see it, and it says all the right statues, and I was like, I don't trust it. And so I did you it. send it to an underwriter? Yeah. Oh, good. And yeah. they said yes? I don't know. It's probably in my email. Oh, you're <laughs> She's here. It's on the fax machine. Right. It's on the fax machine. I had to send two over today. That's a real pain. Oh. Two faxes? No, never a two, fax. Two titles. Two titles. Mm. Right. So let's walk through that so for the for the listener, right? So yeah. we... They don't know. It come, a, a, a transaction comes in, and one of the first things after the PNS is signed, usually... You better know order a title on LAD, by the way, like today. I don't order title. I have the seller. Oh. Jesus, Seth, catch up. Buyer's attorney orders title. But they should order title very quickly. You are correct. It's registered land, though, so it's going to be easy. Oh, sweet mother of pearl. (laughs) We can get into the registered land. No one understands that. It's like the clouds. Awful. Are we closing on the 28th? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. Registered (laughs) land is easy. Unless there's a... Or a dead person. If there's a dead person... There's no dead people. Thank goodness. Should be be okay. An invalid plan reference is a problem, though. Mm. Dead people in land court... No bueno. Anything in land court, <laughs> no bueno. I'm hosting, uh, I, I, I can't handle land court. I, I can't even. So we're, we're not going to go there. We're going to come back to reality. <laughs> and we're going to talk you. about 
ordering title. So you order title. So coming, you know, the, the, all this stuff intersects, right? So ordering title as soon as you can. Which per, means you ask someone to run a full title search. Yes. Some so people do it in-house. I do not. 50 years. So basically yeah. telling the lawyer what is the history of that piece of land. And then the lawyer is going to take that exam and make Review sure everything's it, yeah. good and... Say lots of swears. Yes. Maybe. So there are these, these people in pre-pandemic, they would like live inside the registry of deeds and you would <laughs> send a title order over. They would have someone go like pull all the books, look at everything, scan it and send you like a 50 page packet, a hundred page packet and has a cover sheet. And hopefully you have a good title examiner and the cover sheet tells you the problems. Can't rely on the cover sheet. You should probably look at the pages underneath the cover sheet, but right. that's a whole other story. Amy, what? <laughs> You're a good lawyer. You look at the other pages. I, I know you do. I scroll through the whole I, thing. Yeah, like you, of course, I know you do. Um, so the title comes back. But, you know, when we were busy, titles were taking three weeks, two and a half weeks. And if depending on your volume, like if you do, if you were doing 100 transactions and you were putting them all with the same person, they would be quicker. If you were the guy that right. had one or two titles, right. they took longer. So depending on the timelines... Coming back to that title problem you were talking about that you found out two days before closing, what that tells us is they didn't order title, that the bank was on them for a title commitment, that they were probably like up until the last minute. Because a lot of lawyers, especially older lawyers in 2008, got burned owing all the title examiner's money uh, when the economy yeah. crashed and nobody had deals that they had ordered, right? So some people are very cautious. Right. I know a firm that won't order a title until the mortgage commitment date. What? I yeah. think that's insane. I mean, oh, that's I just wait till the purchase and sale is signed, which mm. upsets well, some of my don't. lenders. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not. Right. We don't order, we don't order until the PNS is signed right. either. Yeah, and send me a title order. I don't believe your word all the time. Thank and you. a 1003. So they send someone to yeah, give them I a report. Then they talk, read talk the, the report. Microphone. Microphone. Oh, sorry. Then they read the report. And then. And then I'm all the, so all the shit like bombs blow up. Oh, so if there's a problem, so yeah. if you yeah. see the word foreclosure. My brain just exploded. Yeah. All yeah. three of you started talking. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the most important like I was part. being incinerated. So anytime, and I know a lot of attorneys who operate the same way, if I see the word foreclosure in the line, it, I don't want to touch you it. To touch so it, what yeah. I do is I send it to a lawyer over at Jackie's company. It's called an underwriter. And I say, you look at this and give me the okay. Because I, you know, otherwise I'm on the line. Right. And they say whatever, and I print that little email out, and I stick it in the file. Because if anything comes back, I'm like, hey, hey. You authorized me to do this. Uh, you said this was okay. Yeah. So that's how um, that sort of happens. So that's the underwriters happens. kind of run title in Massachusetts, and, and probably most places, right? So if there are problems on the title, and you start to see things, you want to get the underwriters to say you're okay to write. Absolutely. Or you're not okay to write. And if you're not okay to write, you want the underwriter to tell you what you need to do to get okay to write. Because without a clean marketable title and a title insurance policy for the lender, you can't you can't move that transaction. I mean, I guess you could sell it to a cash buyer, but they're going to have a problem if they ever want to sell it. Right. 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 I also know lawyers who send every title to an underwriter. Same. I mean, that seems like the underwriters would get mad. So, well, let let me ask you a question. So, um, but Jackie and I have talked about that topic, and 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 I think it's a change in the industry. Well, so you who write usually exclusively with one or well, not exclusively with one or two companies, right? We write with like six. Things gonna get ugly here. Jackie's gonna throw. No, no. Jackie and I talk about Jackie and I talk about this a lot. I'm coming from a place of curiosity. Yes. Right. 
So seriously, one of the reasons we want to start this podcast is not only uh, it's great discussion, but like I have the ability to learn. Brennan has the ability to learn. And like this is obviously way in more in his wheelhouse than mine. Like, I don't even fucking know who orders this thing, right? <laughs> so um, so I completely lost what I was going to say, but it was going to be really good. About uh. picking which title company to write with? Yeah, so when you're, when you're um, you don't want to claim... No, uh, we don't want to claim on the owner's no. policy or the lender's policy, right? Correct. Right. Wh- that so would never come back to us, though. That, what? That comes to me. I mean, yeah. that's yeah. honestly yeah. But if I, we screwed up, if we wrote the policy and didn't have the email from the underwriter, oh, yes, that's coming yes. back on us. I'll right. tell you, one hundred percent coming yeah. back. And on so, us. when this claim is hypothetically f- filed, yeah, w- which are you more concerned with uh, it impacting the lender or the owner's policy? lenders it would probably do both yeah if it was a claim it would affect both the lender because it would mean the lender didn't have a good lien and the owner doesn't have equitable title so it's like almost it almost always and now the lender can't sell that loan right on the secondary market oh interesting so who would find out first it would almost always be the the owner no most likely because the owner's trying to convey or refinance or something well or the like people that think they own the property show up and say we own this property yeah. Or does that does that actually that happen? happened that a lot happened. after <laughs> the 2008 crash? Yeah. Like a lot because a judge made this decision and changed the foreclosure laws and said, "Oh, BT Dubs, this <laughs> is retroactive." <laughs> right? What? That's As the in, worst. like, it was so stupid. It's like, are you drunk? Because how so often do, do laws get changed retroactively? Right. So it's all like the day one in law school. <laughs> all like, the doesn't foreclosures happen. that True. happened previously were invalid so these people are like hey Stop. this is my house oh, yeah. oh it was like we the wild west it was saying, insane they changed the law fidelity corporate and they're like what are you talking about that it was insane happen. so if there's a foreclosure on title you have to there's this questionnaire you have to send to fidelity for them to write it so like each title company too has a different procedure for foreclosures because they're still trying to clean up the mess from post 2008 so, right. like, whenever you see a foreclosure on title, it's automatically flagged and sent to the underwriters. But I think hurts. your your <laughs> question, <laughs> to yes. come back to the answer. The one I forgot. Yeah. In, <laughs> that one. In is our office, one? what we do is... When, when we, are we taking that break for beers? <laughs> <laughs> right see? after I answer this thing. question. So, in our office, what we do is we look through all the databases because we write with five or six companies and we see who has the old owner's policy. And we right. just start there. And sort of place that policy with that company and move it forward. Because we know if we can write on an old owner's policy that it's better than just starting over. Sure. True. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Do you do that? I do. Yeah. I love a good back title. Oh, yeah. That never (laughs) works. Oh, really? (laughs) I mean, I feel like sometimes I'm like, come on. (laughs) You know, with that other one we had and I had everyone. Oh, we're going to talk about that one at some point. Can't wait for that one. Sounds like it was a bad one. It was a great one. Title's kind of just like who's on the hook. Like hot potato, yeah. Right? Like, like who's getting who's stuck? Next? I right. just, I, Last one up. I think I understand. unless there's no policy, <laughs> right? Then it's right. just the owners on the hook, right? But there's almost a, if there's a loan, there's a policy. No, the the lender's policy doesn't cover you as an owner. It only no, covers right, the bank. Yeah, it's worthless. So you have to opt <laughs> to say yes to get that owner's title insurance. Yeah, I'm certainly not going to debate that. Like I'm all in on that. I yeah. just, when I was an immature idiot, I was definitely all about trying to save money. And then I watched yeah. how many of these deals happen that have title issues. Like I, I love it. But so, so walk me through an instance where there's a title issue and the owner does not have title insurance. Is this only then on conveyance of sale 
where then the owner's on the hook legally to, with legal fees to solve. Or refi. If you're trying to refi, you couldn't refi. Right. So really the lender is only protected in the state of what? Like a foreclosure or a taking or a resale of the loan? A lender's... A lender's protected. Like when as long as that is loan is in, in effect. Right. right. So the owner's policy is good for as long as you were your heirs on the property. So the lender's policy is good until they refi sure. or sell the loan, and then it just goes. So away. Let, let me ask the question differently, right? So let's say I don't have an owner's policy, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm trying to sell my house, yeah. and there's a title issue. Yeah, it doesn't. The lender's policy. The lender's is not doesn't do help anything. You. For it doesn't you. affect the lender. You're still going to pay the lender. I off. actually have a great example of that. Right, what, what I'm curious is 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 the lender notified that there's a title issue? No, no. So they just they, they don't ig- care because they're going to get paid. Right, they're going to get paid because they have a mortgage. Right. They look at it like Fair. how how and, will we unless their that? interest is totally gone, I'm sure they'd figure it out eventually when a new owner showed up if the title problem was bad enough. But right. at the, on the onset of the hmm. knowledge of the problem, the lender doesn't get notified. No. Yeah, I was curious if like if there's someone in this ivory tower that's like trying to enact owner or sorry lenders title policies in effort to clean up title. Sounds like that's just not a thing. No, no. one gives a fuck. No, no. the owner's always on the hook. Yeah. Yes. I actually that, that actually makes owner's title insurance I think so much more important. A hundred percent. Totally. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh no, no, no. That's I, I I was just thinking a friend of mine, basically anything that happens in my personal life revolving anything to do with title, someone calls me because that's what they remember. So my husband's very good friend, they were selling their house. So their first house in Melrose was over kind of near the town line, which I know has a lot of title issues over there, right? Mm-hmm. Um generally areas where family family this is like three or four years ago. Not even. So basically, my, my husband's friend selling their property. So when Was it on the Saugus line? Yes. It was like right, it was on that spot near where it's Melrose. You're, you're just in Melrose enough to make that extra money. On Altamont? I don't know. Anyway, do you know, do you know this? Do you maybe. Know? He might. Maybe you do. All right. Well, because so they call and they're like, Jackie, we have a title problem. Okay, well, send me your documents. Let me see what you did. So I want to see the settlement statement, and I'm instantly looking. Do you have owner's title insurance, right? Um, So they're selling their house. The borrower's attorney finds a title issue, and what they found was that they had no access to the property, right? So even though this is a huge title problem, so even though there's a driveway there, physically you can see it. They They don't own it. They don't own it. They don't have rights to use it, right? So. They did not have owner's title insurance, okay? So if they had, they would have filed a claim with the title company and we would have made it right. Since they didn't, what happened, and these are my personal friends, they took a $140,000 haircut on the sale of that property because... There was the, no access to there a There was no way. access. So the borrower, you know, the, the person that was buying the house, they would need to pay to fix it. And that is wow. a very real example of someone I knew that, you know, they'll never see that much money again if they no. had bought that owner's policy. They would have been all set. Plus, the attorney that did the closing is one of the worst ones <laughs> that I like. know does such a terrible job can't that makes wait it difficult. For that, oh, right, dinner no. can't come soon. <laughs> but enough. I mean, that was like a great example. They lost like one hundred thirty dollars. Boom, one hundred thirty thousand. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's wild. We you still know. don't know what these buttons do. They they all do fun stuff. <laughs> They're just too far away from me. I need like that's, a um. Probably, you need a stick. I need a stick. I'm gonna get one. <laughs> Good. Sounds that dangerous. Sounds, yeah. that sounds like a good idea. Yeah. I, I, I can see the colors, so. though. So, Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. We need the labels. I'm bringing my label maker next time I come. Do you have a label maker? No. Oh, we do. We have a couple. I'll bring one. Mm, you don't have a label much. maker? Perfect. Do you label like... All of my Gucci, files have to be labeled. No. Burberry. No. 
<laughs> you can just tell. You can just I tell. I got you. Yeah. Mm. You've heard of those things? I have friends. <laughs> you, you have new neighbors that, that <laughs> like that? <laughs> Our friends just bought a, know how far a vacation house across the street from Amy. They live in the in South Boston. But they're so they vacation in Beverly. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. And directly across the street from Amy. Wait a minute, Amy. Where do you live in Beverly? <laughs> You're not like Beverly Farms, are you? How dare you? Oh, sorry. <sighs> I'm in Rileside. Rileside uh, is up and coming. It is it's up where and it's coming. at. It's I'm where on it's the at. water. Any oh, yeah, selling? okay. I love it over there. Do you know a good agent? No. <laughs> I'm never selling. J, uh, never. J, J Double. J oh, yeah, yeah. J, he lives over there, too. He does. Loves yeah. Rileside. Jeff Wallace. Compass. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Beverly is awesome lately, though. Like Cabot Street and everything. It's so built up. No. Frank. What? They have all those little restaurants. I, oh, love, the, such a I love the eye rolls. Right? Like, oh, I'm old Beverly. You don't like Frank? I like where I grew up. What do you What do you like, the Italian club? I love the ICC. I know you do. <laughs> the Franco is actually where I the was The Franco? For the Elks. Is that the one across from Seven North Plumbing? Uh, yes. Winthrop's yeah. got a nice Elks. Yeah. All right, we're way off topic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The we're, we're going back to title problems. 20 minutes. So, Amy, you had a good title problem. Yeah, I want to hear the worst title problems. Wow. Amy had a good one. The worst title <laughs> so problems you've ever accompanied, accompanied, you've ever seen. Come across. Come across. They're all with dead people. Yeah, dead people suck. But, like, tell me. That's tell how me I got good, into probate. I want to hear a good story. Okay. About title. Do you want me to ask you a better question? No, I think that one is probably that one's the worst. real good. What did you say? It was real bad. I had to enroll this one to help me with the probate. Oh, I love that. It was Let's hear so it. normally, I have I've dealt with some probate issues in the past, so I can kind of fumble my way through it. Sounds great. Because <laughs> inspiring. That's what I want to hear from my attorney, <laughs> I know. who I literally engaged moments ago yes. via email. Well, if there's For a real estate so, Sometimes I just real like estate. to fumble well, through it. Well, I'm saying through probate. It's like I can figure it out mostly because one of my very dear friends is a clerk in the Essex probate court. <laughs> okay, all right. So I have a lot of... Good friend to have. <laughs> good friend to have. Good friend to have. Um, so I learned with a different probate problem in Lynn, there was a part of a house in a driveway that the sellers did not own. The parents mm. were dead. Everybody was dead. The people who sold them the property but never recorded a deed for that piece of land were dead. The real estate attorney... Unclaimed then, to a degree, or just reverts to the previous... Well, right. It's reversed to the previous owner, their estate. Wow. So the real estate attorney was doing it, was like, oh, help. <laughs> so the agent asked me if I could help, and I was like, no. But yes, because I needed to get in good graces. It was Mora. Okay. This is how it all Oh, happened. this is how you landed her. Oh, okay. So then I'm like, I don't even know how to do this. So I had to find the heirs of the dead people and have them sign a deed. Mm-hmm. And then ha- have it put on record. The fact that these people were so nice. With like a, um, right. the 25-year statue with yeah, the affidavit they, yep, and the and I kinship just affidavit. did everything and they signed yeah. a deed and they were like, oh my gosh. And they were all like lived still in Lynn and around. They were like, oh, I remember. Actually, one was in Beverly. <laughs> when my parents did this, I remember them selling it. Like they could remember from the 70s when it mm-hmm. happened. It just wow. never was like legal. But this one... Is so good on so many levels. I don't even know how to begin. It's actually so confusing that I'm not sure. We basically had to 
So this is a different. This is a different. Different example. one. So the we thought just two people owned this property, but really three did, and this third one was dead, mm-hmm. and not just dead, but dead in Oklahoma. Ooh, mm. cross states. That's and that's an issue. But they had signed <laughs> a deed. Yes. Of the dead woman. The dead woman. Yeah. The dead woman did deed out the property by her personal rep. Right. But that wasn't good enough. Because it was not done in Massachusetts. So they didn't file an ancillary probate, which means a probate in a different state. So if you die in state one and you own property in state two, you just got the invitation to do two probates, one in each state. Sounds terrible. Yeah, it is terrible. It is terrible. Because it's twice as expensive. Yes. It it, it is. And you need legal authority in the state in which the real estate is located in order to transfer it. So in Amy's case, they deeded it, but they didn't have authority to do the deed. And then the probate attorney in Oklahoma, whose name was... He was so amazing. It was. He talked with like a southern drawl and he was checked out. He was like <laughs> drinking martinis at 9 a.m. This guy. I would be like, Brendan, have you talked to him today? Because he's loaded. Um, like Gord- nine, Gordy. Nine. It was like something like Gordy or like some name. So good. So Thurston. We had to have him go to court. We had to pay no, him. No, no, no. We first tried to order. So when you do a probate in a oh. different state, you have to get this higher level of document. Showing that the no, probate... but they wouldn't even give us a death certificate, remember? I tried yeah. to tell them I was a living heir, and yes. this, I really went out on a limb. <laughs> and then we fought live. with them for like a month to get a death certificate, and then we finally got it. But then you have to get these authenticated documents from the other court, and it's not like you show up and send a letter and they send them to you. In Oklahoma, Oklahoma. you have to file a motion by a lawyer, and they go in and get it. So <laughs> Give I, them your firstborn. Yes, yeah, so I call the guy... And I'm like, we're having a real hard time getting these documents. Like, do you so mind you help? Just, you just found another attorney. No, no. no. I, we okay. had the name. I had contacted him. I was like, he said we could reach out, yeah. Brendan. We oh. got to reach out. His name was on all the probate docs, which we could find online. Sure. So we called him. We call him, and, and I call him, and, and I say, was, this is Gord. We're going to call him Gordy. Gordy. We call Gordy. And he was banged up. All the time. All the time. And he was from Oklahoma, and he sounded like he was from Oklahoma. Yeah, he was on a farm. Oh, 100%. Slinging vodka on the Must be worse than So for for like a month and a half, my my staff was calling the court every day, like sending letters, sending check requests, like trying to get the documents. So I call the guy, and I'm like, we're having a hell of a time getting these documents. Well, son, you're going to need a motion. And I got some bad news. The judge is retiring in two weeks. So it was like we had to remember I called right. you. It and had I was to be like, the actual judge. Right. I just put in that address. And if you saw our emails, I can't go through them. There's too many. <laughs> They're way too many. So, so we had to hire this guy in Oklahoma to get just to get the documents to file in Massachusetts. Right. The judge was retiring. And then something happened with him, which I, I don't forget. remember. I it forget. was literally one tragedy after another. So he, wow. you have to go back to the original judge. Yeah. Yes, you had to in Oklahoma, or it all had to be done. And he <laughs> was retiring, which like we should have had a different reaction like in than two the weeks. hysterical <laughs> laughter reaction. Like, like, <laughs> I can't. That Meanwhile, sounds like a logjam. This is a family friend that you know what I charged. Oh, stop! 100%. It always is. Stop yeah. doing that. Uh, <laughs> it's always the one. Zero dollars. So then we had to file the probate in Massachusetts. Then we had to file a subsequent petition for. To ratify the doubtful act of a foreign fiduciary. So we had to wait for one to get approved. 
Then we had to file the next one. And the judge retired on that or got reassigned. Oh, and then in Massachusetts. Which has never happened. This judge sat in Essex probate court for 25 years. Our file is on her desk and she left on Friday to what? Go to Lawrence? Yes. 25 years. No, she went to Suffolk, I think. It was like deuces. I'm out of here. Later. She could have. She could have just taken. It was just right here. It was just right here, like next to be signed off. Because my friend saw it and she's laughing. She goes, "Oh, you were next," but she left for good. (laughs) Yeah. And literally, your friend was like chasing her out the door with the file. It was so absurd. It was like one thing. And then I think I had to go in. I I had to mark it up because it was sitting on the desk, and we couldn't get it heard. Oh and there God. was no judge. So I think I had to go. Did, I, I went to court. You had to go. I yeah. never go to court, right? So I had to mark it up and go and peer in front of a judge to get this done. How much do you guys charge with something like that? In a situation where there's no apparently, honest Apparently insurance. nothing. We charged well, a flat right, fee. Right, right, I right, charge. No, I charge. Right. Yeah. yeah. We and charged a flat fee. I think it was what? Like five, five grand? Five grand. Five grand mm. plus the Ohio or the Oklahoma stuff. Right. And I think that was another five or six hundred bucks. Plus the closing's delayed this whole time. Right? Oh, well, months. You have to fix How many it? months were you delayed? Jeez. April to August, maybe, was it? Wow. Yeah. And it was like every day something horrible would happen. <laughs> and then the and the realtor, can we talk? Can we tell the, the story? <laughs> so like the real story? Yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> Wait, I don't even remember what happened in the house. The realtor went to the psychic and the psychic said that oh, the house right. was cursed and the ancestors didn't want it sold. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. What? what? <laughs> right. So, right. Someone actually said that? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I was like, you have this deal and... I was like is, a licensed real estate professional. This is, no. <laughs> this is why it's happening. No, the psychic said it to, to the, the real realtor. estate Why did the realtor go to the psychic? Well, Just to just go very, to the psychics. Yeah. You don't go to psychics? Nah, man. You, you will after you hear this I shit. Know. Right. So the um, ancestor... So this house had been in the family forever since it was built in Beverly. It had never been sold. And it's finally being sold. And they're like, the ancestors don't want to. So then I call my client and I'm like... Can you make them stop it? And she's like, what? <laughs> she goes to the uh, cemetery and she's like yelling because she's a lunatic. And she's yelling <laughs> at her dead mother, father, and aunts and uncles like, please, this just has to happen. It's time. It's a new family. They <laughs> meanwhile, Oh, they were in on a UNO too. Meanwhile, the buyers are living there. And I drive by oh, it every oh day. So I see like a dumpster and I'm like, oh, sweet mother of <laughs> Pearl. They're I can't. They're I had my neighbor. It? My neighbor just did the same thing, and I was the seller's attorney. <laughs> <laughs> They're in on a UNO, and they get a dumpster. I'm like, "Hey, Paul." He's like, "Just close the blinds on your window in the kitchen." Oh, that doesn't me. work. That's what he told me to do. I go, "What happens when I have to leave my house?" <laughs> I, I can't. Beverly's sometimes too small, so they're in there on the UNO, and then after she prays to the dead people. Oh, and remember them. the lawyer with the PNS? It was the same lawyer that we stole the PNS from. Oh, the, yeah. the 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 minion yeah well, that's a nice word for her um what <sighs> it was like emailing every day every day every day we're like, we don't have an update we Any? will update you when we Wait, have so, an update um, that's my favorite i'm gonna let you know something you're the first one i'll tell <laughs> and then i just started forwarding it to brendan i was and like I, don't bark up my tree anymore because i can't handle it and then i just kept ignoring her and told her that i had no standing to talk to her right and the whole time i'm going zero dollars <laughs> <laughs> so title problems are real Seems it. Yeah. So if owners. Covers that whole bill. Yep. Yeah. Covers everything. Fixes it faster than probably what we could have done. Maybe. And and on something like that. I don't know. What do you think? Well, maybe with a national company. Sure. They got someone in Oklahoma who wasn't drunk. (laughs) <laughs> and getting to the judge a lot faster. Than just, it's, just, 
It's just usually the standard I look for. At 9.30, don't be drunk. That's like, that's what I'm I say like, to these guys all the time. Yeah, right. Yeah. What were you going to say? Oh, it's going to say our claim center is in Oklahoma. Oh, perfect. Oh, we could we could have just dispatched somebody. Right, yeah. They're they're usually drunk by 9.30, too. Right. Yeah, hopefully so. Not a fidelity. They don't start drinking until noon. No, yeah. No. <laughs> they are old school. Only Thursdays, Fridays. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So, let's do this. Let's talk a little nitty-gritty in, uh, about uh, agents. What what are there some things as a couple folks in, in the title and, a, and attorney side of things that you get to see a lot of different stuff? What are some things that I think you hate that agents do? or you wish that they did do in this business from your point of view? Amy, before Wow, there's so many things I could say here. Here is my biggest one now at this present moment. I understood the deadlines when it was fast and furious and the houses yeah. were going crazy. I just had an agent have a PNS due in two days. Hi. Is <laughs> this one due in two days? No, this is a long one. But like, Why? Yeah. You're just making everyone rush and there's no reason for it. I understand five days. You don't need it in 24 hours. Just yeah. everyone relax. Yeah. Just give us a minute to get That's it fair. done correctly. Yeah. The other thing is. I'm a notorious quick PNS type of guy. Right. And I can, it's never me I'm worried about. It's you don't know who's on the other side. You don't know who's side. on the other side. That is the problem. I will turn it. It's never me. I can promise Ever, you that. Never you. I can, but it's someone else. So the other problem is especially if you get the guy that faxes you the right. edits on a pdf handwritten right 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 so if i'm getting dictated uh <laughs> changes yeah um <laughs> who can deal with that the what was my other thing oh huge deposits so i hate un- you, un- a huge deposit when they're putting like 150 down at the signing of the pns right. for I a three hundred thousand yeah. dollar house or when you and can't like, look at a calendar and Why? the closing's on a saturday like get your head out of your ass you're making a lot of money Right, that one, yeah. It's mm. just stupid. The money, the 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 huge deposit at the si- at the signing of the PNS infuriates me. As the buyer's counsel, yeah, because I, I mean, we can still put money down and still show that we have plenty of money to do it, but there are other places to put that, like in the mortgage commitment. It's funny paragraph. I'd, I'd like to de- continue, and then I want to debate these. That'd be oh. fun. Oh, okay. Um. How do you I feel about a, seller disclosures? <laughs> I don't want to see them. Yeah. They're never coming into a PNS. They're never being attached. Don't talk to me about it. <laughs> they're useless. And I'm going to say in the PNS, they're stupid and they do not happen anymore. <laughs> Stop it. Right. The buyer <laughs> has seen the property. They've had it inspected or not. I don't care. It's all on you. You got to put that on the buyer. You can't have those seller disclosure statements. There's attorneys that want to attach that shit. Oh, I know. And mm. I say attach it to you. <laughs> because it's just not happening what about a mortgage commitment date a month before closing right a lot of shit can happen in a month right, right? I, it blows my mind that people even try that we've had a few recently that pushed back on that hard and like wanted us to move it back i get it if the closing's super long you want some level of certainty but like that can't be a clean commitment removal. It's, it's so no, much because so you much have risk. to yeah. right. But it's all under the buyer's control. So right, and then say that instance had one hundred fifty thousand dollar deposit. That's serious. Yeah, yeah. I get worried if it's twenty five grand. Like some of these buyers can't afford to lose twenty five no, grand. Right. There's there's not a a buyer that I deal with that can afford to lose their deposit. Right. Oh, I've had one in Newton walk away for well, fifty thousand dollars. I couldn't. Ta- I couldn't and they kept it. it. Yes. And did they litigate? No, they no, were No, they were just like, okay. They were like, all right. And I was like, 
<laughs> I can't. I can't. Did you do that <laughs> one for free too? <laughs> it's like having an actual. Hi, yeah. yeah. So I was like, oh my god. Yeah. That, that they didn't care. Oh. But I had to show up at the registry in uh, denim. I had to show up to say we're not performing. To say we're perform like that they weren't going to show up. Oh, it was. Oh, long. you had the seller. Yes. Yeah. Interesting. Someone was telling me the other day someone showed up at their office. Oh, a lawyer and Lynn showed up at someone else's office the other day and said, I'm here to perform. And they were like, well, we're not ready. <laughs> You're and like, you default- have balloons and are you getting naked? And they naked? defaulted them. <laughs> I wish, uh, why aren't people showing up in my office ready to perform? Uh, they're, they're going to the gym. A couple <laughs> a couple years ago, uh, completely unrelated, not, you know, PNS signing where like the, the seller refused to sign it. Like, but we had a, I think I was, oh, I, I talked off, about this. Yes. So I, we literally just showed up with the executed PNS, the one that we all mutually agreed in email with the bank check. And I said, here you go. Yep. I'll, that's, I'll, I know. Let me I've, know when the seller signs it. I've had that problem with sellers. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, this is an offer. Or buyers. Like people think they, so uh, maybe There's some inexperienced agents don't know to say this offer is a binding contract. Right. Hopefully. And when they want to add in other things at the <laughs> end and like add things in, I'm like, no, 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 no. There are plenty of times I say, look at the offer. It's not in there. I'm not putting it in there. Unless yeah. everyone's okay with it. Right. Sure. But like you can go to closing with an offer. Right. In the state. So there's no, you know, it's, I don't know that. A lot of buyers and sellers understand that. They think it's just like, I just wanted to see how much money I could get. Well, you know, there's a, there's a lot of times where, uh, and we've talked about this at length, where, you know, there's a ton of people who write in subject to satisfactory purchase and sales. I love that. Because it makes the offer not binding. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's smart. I actually like that mm. from a legal standpoint. From from who, though? From buyers. So if you're a buyer. It doesn't bother me either. Listen, I don't want to get in to litigating and the bullshit fighting. So if that's in there, buyer, seller, I'm happy. I don't have to deal with it. I'll be like, well, it's not. Yeah. I once argued that it was implied. (laughs) How did that go? (laughs) Not well. That was for in-laws too. That was the worst. Were they buying or selling? Jerks. I almost said a much worse word on this oh, podcast. That's okay. Oh my cut god. Cut it. They'll cut it. No, we won't. We love bad words. <laughs> no, it was real bad. Like Oh, I know. I know, I, I know yeah, the one. happens to be my favorite. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> oh, I know what word it is now. <laughs> so, so anyways. Uh, so just from a debate standpoint, right? Um we, should we get Jackie's? Yeah. What what, yeah, what so, are you hearing yeah. that that annoys uh lawyers about agents in the moment? I guess from where I'm standing, I would tell all the agents to remember that your closing attorney is looking out for you and your client. 100%. And if they're dragging their feet or saying we can't close, there's a reason for that. Most you of know? the time. Don't push them. <laughs> that, that's what I see. It's people getting, yeah. you know, lawyers getting pushed to close and not do it right. And, you know, yeah. like when, when push comes to shove, most deals will close with the delay. You know, just protect yourself. Protect your yeah. clients. Honor what the attorney's saying. I, I find almost always that pressure is coming from the agent who does one to two or three deals a year. Like they already spent that money. And they have yeah, and they have yes. no one's they have no one's best interest at heart at all. Except for their own. Correct. They're thinking with their wallet. Right. And the reality is you're helping somebody with a life event. You need to be making sure that you have a steady hand through the entire transaction and make sure that you have their best interest at heart, not your own. So true. Um, and I think that 
far too like it's funny we do this all the time like threaten to kill deals like just i don't care there's there's like it there's there's a ton of transactions happening i've completely unfazed by it let's move along and it just it just kind of makes you a little bit more savage you know what i mean where you just truly can protect the client that's true um so i think that's a good call a lot of the times there's a lot of uh, a lot of pressure from the agent um so just to debate the the a few things that you mentioned I can't wait. Here we yeah. go. I'm just, I shouldn't. You forget what I, I do for a living. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just going to say I'm stepping she was up. She captain the, of the debating Sometimes team. my husband's like, damn it. So, I'm like, you married a lawyer. That was your first problem, guy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so I think like uh, from a buyer standpoint, right, when you're submitting an offer and your attempt is to make the offer, in a, at least in a multiple offer scenario, the most attractive as possible, I think some of those things... Come to you don't want to do the subject to a mutually agreeable PNS. I personally never write that in there. That's fine. I'm just saying from a non-fighting standpoint, I like it as an attorney. Because it's ambiguous. <laughs> I just love There's the always ambi- an out. <laughs> right. right. Let's yeah. everyone get out and walk yeah, away yeah. and yeah. not fight yeah. and yeah. yell. So, so like when someone submits an offer to me, if I'm representing the seller, I strike it. Subject to a mutually agreeable PNS. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Because... because in you fact, want it to in be. Fact, I know why. The pool. What do you mean? The house with the pool. Remember the pool uh, liner? It was in there. That's correct. Right, but but didn't that, like, you, you were complaining about that for like two months about the PNS and the PNS couldn't get agreed to. Right. Am yeah, I but, remembering that right? Uh, yes and no. I don't, okay. think I, I don't think I wrote it in that offer that it was subject to mutually agreeable PNS. Right. We just would have had to sue for specific performance. It would have been years. Right. So what's what's the point? Like we just wanted the house, mm-hmm. right? So, um, so no, I wasn't necessarily specifically referencing that language. It was more of higher deposits, faster timelines, right? So I'll give you an example. This property that we just had on the market, ton of offers, right? But I feel like at this moment, the one I was referring to, there was just this one offer. Why yeah, are we chill out? Why are yeah. we? Just so so y- you'll be shot. happy to know that. Most normal transactions. PNS is due tomorrow on that deal. (laughs) Has the draft been circulated yet? Um, So as a buyer, like, I don't have a problem if I'm trying to be really, really aggressive. Say, hey, we're we're ready to perform on the purchase of sales in three days. And And I tell my clients, it's the seller's obligation to draft this document. I'd be shocked if they get it to us in time to, to make edits. And, and we'll be able to just simply extend if we have to. If they get it out on time, we're all set. I know that the attorney we're using will turn it quick when we receive it. On the on the seller side, I also like to see the aggressive timeline, especially in a multiple offer situation. I don't want to be in these instances where, you know. You have it off the market. Yeah. It all for, makes sense. For seven to 10 yes. days. Just and not in the solo offer instance. Com- we're in agreement. Yeah. Fair enough. Mm. Especially when this and is a double-sided deal. Yeah. And the, <laughs> and, and the, one agent. Yeah, that's a Listing and writing the offer. I'm like, well, what? You know, so back to what I just <laughs> said, I guarantee you that's a little bit more of the driver than it is anything else the second commission with your, second with your wallet yeah shouldn't be i think across well, the board sure, in this industry course. like if you're in this business and you want to stay long term through the crashes you know i think you do have to do the right thing because your reputation is everything you no always doubt. run into the same people over and over and over and you know that is what shocks me in this business there's like 50 people who actually sell real estate in like the in the North Shore, I feel like right. we oh, all just true. we all just run into each other constantly. So it's true. crazy. So I th- I think that's a good call. So Seth, what would your thing be for the realtors for the agents? I I would say the lack of ability to control your client, 
when a client gets to run amok asking for ridiculous things at different points in the transaction when <laughs> they've lost the ability to ask for those things or they just it's it's always like take 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 like we try and do a really good job to explain to our client hey listen i'll give you an example right let's say we proceed to a home inspection home inspection happens the buyer the inspection uh you know shows that the roof is at the end end of its useful life and needs to be replaced well guess what when we saw the property the first time we saw that the roof sucked an agent should be like hey by the way the roof looks super old we can probably get a quote to find out how much that costs maybe it's eighty five hundred dollars maybe it's ten thousand let's make our offer accordingly depending on the scenario maybe it's a multiple offer scenario maybe it's not let's forget about it do not try and bring this up and then you get to a home inspection and unfortunately if i'm representing the seller items like that come up like did you Mm -hmm. not have eyes when you were at the property previously i've had people ask for the driveway to be replaced i've had sidewalks to be repaired you know add this add that like where did you guys not look at the house three times like why are you asking us for very visible things so that I always get frustrated by that because I know that for my clients, I'm going out of my way to to make sure that they're not asking for those things. Right. Uh, what about when something's under agreement and they ask if they could uh, submit an offer? <laughs> <laughs> Does that annoy you? <laughs> yeah, I think it's just like like just general general like stupidity. Attention to detail. Right. Yeah, it's it can be it can Re- be super, reading. It can be, it can be super. It can be super frustrating. Hey, what are the offer instructions? Please read the MLS. You know, like any, any. Oh, there are words in MLS. I thought it was I just try, pictures. I try and go really out of my way to <laughs> stop inbound communication that wastes time. Right. So, like, it frustrates me when people just jump the gun and like don't do any level of due diligence, and just it's just it's very wasteful. And I would say the second thing is lack of responsiveness, Huge. and that often comes <sighs> that also that often comes from someone who's not in this business full time. Right. I'll give you another example. I I just got this property where we had multiple offers on one of the top offers. I just simply like, this is the offer deadline day. You should be expecting my phone call. I try to get somebody on the phone for four hours. Like this is time is of the essence right now. We're trying to get this transaction done. That's negligence. I I told everyone I'd be, I'd be responding within an hour of the offer deadline. I've tried to call this person multiple times and is, Oh yeah. What's like, what's up? Like just very like, (laughs) like they were clearly preoccupied with like their real job or something. And it's just super frustrating when like this, this is my real job. This is you guys' right. real job. Mm-hmm. Like this is the biggest high stakes profession there is out there. We're helping people with life events. Just, you know, be all in or be out. It's shocking. Right. Lawyers do that all the time too. Lawyers do. I oh, love it right now worst. too. And I write back, don't act like you're busy. <laughs> <laughs> like not now. What are you, six feet, four foot tall? <laughs> are like, you really this busy? I literally <laughs> can't. When are you like, a lawn oh, owner, man? Oh, sorry. I was like, what were you, seriously, what were you doing? Because you're not, you're not that busy right now. Like you can handle this email with this purchase and sale agreement because it's not that busy. AOL email. Stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I feel like I have to mention the biggest problem in real estate right now. Tell us. Wire fraud. Okay. Wire what's that? Fraud. Wow. So the number one issue in the industry right now is absolutely people hijacking these payoffs. Right. So pretty much it's happening with the attorney's. For the most part, someone gets fraudulent wire instructions involved in the deal. Like they'll monitor emails throughout the transaction. These fraudsters have become familiar with how the money flows through the transaction, and they'll just send you false wire instructions at the end. So, you know, your borrower, where did the money go? It's gone. So that yeah. I would say is because, in large part, of these unsecure email addresses. Sure. And 
on the legal side, we've really been big on that the last few years. But that's I why see we with have the realtors. fax machines. Well, right, the fax <laughs> machines. Like I said, why a fraud's the, the best thing that happened payoffs. to a fax. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. won't take them by email. No. Right. Nor do I wire to personal accounts. I'm that jerk. Yeah. Won't do it. But I Doesn't think matter. all. Wow. Sorry. Yeah. Go away. Mm-hmm. But I want. But, I go, but if, if it's gone, it's gone. Do you what understand if it's your what client? I'm saying? And you did you do you take the wire for your client nope. and then write a check? Yes. You won't wire to your client. I will not. What if it's multiple Unless transactions? It's an extreme. I'll wire to an IOLTA account. Yeah. Not to a personal account unless they're in like California or something, mm-hmm. and then I'm a lunatic and make them show me their check and put it on their big toe. But you use Qualia, take right? Pictures. Doesn't Qualia have a, a confirmation component? One of the firms, one of the bigger firms, I no, believe, has they, a wire. It's a uh, what's the name of that, Jackie? Positive Pay or yes. Certified? There's like certified. different programs. And certified. But is it an integration with Qualia? Because mm. I I thought it came through Qualia. Because whenever I send wire instructions to one firm. You get this series of emails. Thing, and they do it, uh, actually, um, the person we stole the purchase and sale from does that. No, this is not who I was talking You're about. You're not going to send me a Qualia login, are you? I hate that. No, I won't do it. I, I won't oh, do I it. Oh, I hate a Qualia login. I won't do it. I I'm will not do it. I'm not either. I, I won't quali- either. Because Qualia owns the me. records. We can't, you can't, like, if there's emails in that transaction, they're not on my server. They're on Qualia's server. Yeah, no. Like, I won't communicate through quality no, i won't I do anything either. jackie they, they did um confirm that that would be downloaded to you if you ever stopped using the program that was something no that was but a as a third party not a qual- like i we don't use claudia we use e-closing right so i'm not communicating oh, at all saying. because i don't have a record on my server of that communication right. i'm not gonna I'm i not, won't i will not do it thank and you. i'm a qualia user so I it just shows up and i'm like i'm not clicking in there yeah don't and either. i won't use that no i hate it I and I don't need to be updated when you order this. Who cares? Just do your job. <laughs> Everyone do their job. Well, wouldn't that's that the just worst be call. paradise? I know. Well, that's it just makes me nuts. If everyone just did their job, we'd all be okay. Yes. We'd probably be a lot. Um, we'd have better mental health. That is the truth. Oh, yes. yeah. yeah. That is the truth. For sure. All right, Brendan. All right. Wrap us up. All right. So, as you know, the name of the podcast is The Word. The Word. Yeah. So, if you were each to look at your next 12 months... And define it with one word. What would said word be? Mine may be pivot. Oh. Ooh. That's a good word for you. I like it. I like that word for you, too. Yep. What it might just have to pivot. Okay. Real Uh-oh. estate fails me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up, Eve. <laughs> Let's not get crazy. Jack, Jackie now does not like I it. I hate, I hate pivot. Pivot is not a good look for you, Bad. according to Jackie. <laughs> All right, Jackie, what's your word? Happiness. Oh, I want to be happy. I want to be happy at work. I want to be happy at home. I want to surround myself with people that make me happy. Wow. Yeah. I want to do good work. Don't we all want that? Yeah. But do you have it? No. That's actually such a thing (laughs) when you talk to people like, are you happy? I've asked so many successful people that and they're like, what? What what, what does happy mean? Because real estate is just so consuming, right? The people that are very successful, we've all been there, right? You can work around the clock and I do feel like a lot of successful people especially people newer to the business then they don't seem happy yeah mm. yeah what's the point so that would right. be my word happy love it awesome great job everybody yeah, yeah. thank you guys yeah, thank good. you guys for coming on this is awesome thank yeah you. now i know about do you though title, no. title <laughs> did we make we'll discuss again yeah, yeah. title <laughs> bombs yeah. yeah yeah but key is ordering title early mm. and always getting owner's title insurance yeah yes. always always call it call it Thank you.
Thank you for listening to The Word Podcast. If you like what you heard, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any future episodes. If you could take a minute and leave us a quick review, not only do reviews give us valuable feedback, but every positive review tells the algorithm to push this episode out in front of more people. If you really want to help us out, send this podcast to someone who you think would benefit. Thank you so much, and we hope to see you next time when we talk about The Word.